As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Do my fingers look different sizes to you, Maggie? I cannot tell through this 10-pixel can you, can you Discord call. One of, one of my uh, <laughs> fingers is considerably swollen. I'll tell you more Why? about that in the podcast probably. But, yeah, just a you know, little, little event, little just interesting moment that happened in my speech yesterday. But it's all I, good. I have a huge bruise on my leg because yesterday I was home alone And I decided I wanted to to get back to my computer. I was going to run and jump on this tall, like, bar stool chair and then go over it. And I didn't go over it. <laughs> and I landed oh, on, on, like, my shin. No, I landed on, like, my shin on the metal part. And it hurt really bad. And then I just sat down and I was like, why? Why did I do this? <laughs> It, it seems really pain, cool in my your head. highness. Anyone who says otherwise is selling something. Exactly. <laughs> Princess Diaries. Wait, that is Princess Diaries, right? No. Princess Bride. Oh, that's what Big I meant. Difference. I'm sorry. I, no, no, no. I always mix up those titles. <laughs> they're so different, I though. Did, yeah, they're, it's so easy to do that, though. I totally understand that. Yeah. Anybody else? Any other injuries in the room? Eddie, mom? Uh, aside from the chronic tendinitis, I'm doing pretty well. That's good. Same. Yeah. Pinch, pinch nerve in my right arm. <laughs> Aside from the constant pain that we uh, <laughs> endure every day, we're, we're, I think we're doing pretty well. <laughs> no bruises knife, or anything. A knife stick in my back, but other than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we're ready to start then. Let's okay. roll the intro music. Max and Dads, wholesome chaos. Max and Dads, wholesome I, I did have a story for the beginning of the podcast. This isn't even the story, though. This is something else. But I wanted to say this because it just pops into my head. Okay. So, sorry. I'm, like, frustrated about this story. When you park on certain streets or just anywhere, sometimes parking, like, what do they call them? Parking patrol enforcement. Parking enforcement will come by. And, you know, there's – it's Los Angeles. There's signs literally everywhere where it's, like – You can park here from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., but not from 4 p.m. to 5, and you can park from 6 to 8. Like, just everything is so complicated. The street I live on has no parking regulations, and so it's, like, it's cool to park on. However, That's good. parking enforcement or whatever came by, and they draw on your tires to see how long you've been there. Now, yep. I park there every single day. And so 
I didn't even notice that it was on my car. Somebody else had to tell me. And they're like, you just have to like wipe it off. Dude, I have been trying to get it off. It is not coming off. I'm like, how rude is that? That somebody's going to draw on my car even when I'm 100% allowed to park here whenever I want. And like, I can't even get it off. How lame is that? Did you try a makeup wipe? <laughs> Dude, I tried scrubbing it. Like, I, I almost took like a black Sharpie and just drew over it. Yeah, what do you think they use to mark that? I have Usually no it's like idea. It's, you know, it can't have... be chalk. It's got to be special chalk or something. Mm-hmm. The idea was like if you if the if the tire doesn't rotate at all, then they know it hasn't moved. But if there's no restrictions, yeah. I don't know why they would do that on your street. Exactly, it's it's yeah. crazy. Unless they did well, it someplace that wasn't on my street, maybe some. I don't know. I don't know. We'll all team but up I, on it when we get there in Los Angeles. Uh, and yeah, yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll make sure that Mark is gone by this. <laughs> totally, We're that's on our it. one goal for the family LA trip. <laughs> No, the story I did want to start with, though, was last night I was at a friend's house, um, a group of my friends who live together, and they've just moved. So we've been like hanging out at their new place. It's really nice. And another friend came over last night and had this idea. And she was like, what if we sleep here, wake up at five, drive to Malibu for sunrise (laughs) And I was like, I got, I got a podcast in the morning. I have, like, work calls tomorrow. She's like, what time? I was like, 10. She's like, no, 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 we can do that. We can do that. And she pitched it to me where she was like, just imagine you get on the podcast and you're like, guys, guess my morning. I got up at 5. I drove to Malibu. I saw the sunset at Point Dune. Like, it was Point Dune? No, Point Doom. Yeah. And, and it the was sunrise. so pretty. That would be the sunrise. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see many sunrises, so I just constantly assume anything with the sun is a sunset. <laughs> but she's like, just imagine that on the podcast and how good that'll be to tell your family and for, like, all the listeners. And I was like, wait a second. You have a point. However, I decided to go home and sleep. <laughs> but I figured I'd still go ahead and tell you guys the story so we can kind of get the experience. <laughs> how lame. What a disappointment. What? <laughs> I still, dude, I still only got like five hours of sleep. Oh my gosh, my voice just gave out. I still only got like five hours of sleep. So. I, I, I hate that we always start this podcast talking about your lack of sleep. You know, I'm, I feel like a lot of people my age don't get a ton of sleep, but my face shows it more than others. <laughs> I just. It might just be something in the family because I feel like for a, maybe a month now, I've been getting a solid eight hours of sleep basically every night. And every single time I wake up, I'm like so exhausted. I look super tired. My eyes are so baggy. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's like an iron deficiency or something that we've got going on. Well, you didn't get it from me because I hardly sleep at all. And I feel and look fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and speaking of feeling and looking fantastic, <laughs> you know what else? Summer days are here at last, and that means your kid's closet might need an update. Well, Stitch Fix makes it easy with fresh options to let your kid's style shine, all within your budget. 
Stitch Fix Kids is the effortless way to get clothes that fit your kid and price range. Items start at just $10. With your feedback and input, the experts at Stitch Fix learn about your kid's taste, sending styles that are perfect for them and affordable for you. Your kids can try on pieces at home before you buy. Just keep what they love and send back the rest. Plus, shipping, returns, and exchanges are always free. From toddlers to picky tweens, Stitch Fix Kids has growth spurts taken care of with sizes 2T to 18. There's no subscription required. Simply order a refresh as needed or set it and forget it with regular seasonal fixes. You're in control. Try today at stitchfix.com chaos and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your kids fix. That's stitchfix.com chaos for 25% off when you keep everything in your kids fix. Stitchfix.com chaos. I can't wait to try that out. That's a really cool website because you get to pick all your styles and personality interests and what you like and then kind of create your own custom store and then they just send you cool clothes. So um, yeah, definitely worth, sure. worth checking out. I can't wait to do it. <laughs> yeah. So listen, we never really introduced this podcast. Welcome everyone to Wholesome Chaos. Uh, this is the podcast where we share our lives with you and we try to elevate your life as well with fun stories with a lot of laughter and also some encouragement and positivity to make your life a little brighter. My name is Dan Thurman. I'm Maggie Thurman. I'm Eddie Thurman. (laughs) And I'm Shay Thurman. And by the way, Shay Thurman is an award-winning screenwriter, freshly back from Austin, from what was the name of the film festival? Uh, This was the Austin Revolution Film Festival. Austin Revolution Film Festival, where she won for the best comedy screenplay in the short film category for her new screenplay, Airmail, which is being edited right now. Way to go, baby. Yeah. Round of applause. Oh, Round of applause for mom. Yeah, this this was Snaps. not for the film, but it was just kind of interesting that I threw that. Um, I, I entered it last year for this year, and not even thinking that like I was making the film. So I will submit it for next year for the film. And that'd be cool if we got to see it there. And that's good because they will have already heard about it. And now they get to see the film. They'll be like giving you another award. Will you get another belt buckle? Because the awards looks like a little belt buckle, gold yeah. belt buckle. Yeah, it's a custom belt buckle and they change every year. So it's, it's a cool. Texas thing. It's an yeah. Austin uh, thing. Yeah. yeah, get it? That's pretty cool. So yeah, so I mentioned about my finger. Um, yes. So yesterday I had a speech in Nashville and you know how in the beginning of my speeches I'd kind of like re-cue and reset and I do a tumbling run across the stage. Well, I, on my second back handspring, I kind of under-rotated or the stage was uneven or something and I jammed my finger like uh, into the stage like dead on straight. It's all swollen. It hurts a lot. Uh. And it was one of those things where the audience didn't know it happened, but I knew it happened. And so, you know, you're going through the motions of delivering a speech and everything's playing off as completely cool and normal. But in my mind, there's this whole other story taking place like, okay, can I bend it? Yeah, I could still bend it a little bit. Not as much as I normally do. I wonder how that's going to affect my juggling and my handstands and my other things that I'm planning to do for this speech. And, but no one ever knew. I got a standing ovation at the end and it all worked out. But just kind of like we were talking about at the beginning, you know, Pain is life. Pain is, yeah, you know, everybody's kind of hurt. Did hurting. you have to cut the puppet um, skit? The puppet skit with the finger? The finger puppet skit. The finger puppet skit? No, that, <laughs> I pulled it off. I just had, you know, my uh, one puppet t- talking to his, <laughs> his plumpy cousin over here. No, it was. <laughs> it's, 
also turning a little bit blue. But as you know, there have been a lot of those speeches where I have a little bit of an injury going on. Mm. It's a bleeder. It gets a little harder when you get older, though. That's for sure. I've been trying to do a little preventative, um, not injury, but just like, I guess, kind of detriment to my spine. Um, Because the other day, I bought a posture corrector off of Amazon. (laughs) Um... Just to, to, because I just, I noticed that a lot of times I slouch a little bit, like a lot of people, and I thought, okay, well, what if I just got one? I wear hoodies like 90% of the time anyways, so what if I just like started wearing a posture corrector for a little bit a day um, underneath my hoodies and stuff? Um, And so I've been doing that, well, I got it yesterday, so I've done it like twice, Um, but it's really interesting. I want to have good posture. I feel like you notice that about people. Well, if only we would have pointed that out to you at least once or twice as you were growing up about your posture, that would have been good parenting. You're so funny. But how is how is that helpful? Just saying like your posture is bad. No, you have a, have a kind of a cur- curvature to your spine, and we did exercises and kind of but all it's, this, it's not these different approaches. It's do you remember sideways. All that? I do remember that, but it's not like um, slouch curvature. It's like it just a little zigzag. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember the zigzag. <laughs> I remember getting that X-ray back and being like, "Hmm, okay, well, Picasso, I like that." <laughs> <laughs> Do you get that TikTok reference? Anyone in the room? Nope. No, but I get Picasso reference. Yeah, yeah. we know Picasso. <laughs> yeah. Um, by any chance, did any of you see my last TikTok? Yes, the one with Josh. I saw. Yeah. It. The emo girl, emo boy thing. It has over a million likes, Dad. You're kidding me. Wow. I'm not kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I woke up this morning and was like, what? It Um, didn't have that when I woke up this morning. I'll tell you that. It was just getting started. What did it have when you woke up? Like like 60,000 likes. No, really? It was low. Maybe it was, maybe it didn't like refresh from last night or something. But yeah, it was crazy. Okay, that's possible. I was going to say, I thought I had 60,000 before I went to bed. But yeah, I woke up and I was like, well, man, it just goes to show you could put so much effort into a TikTok and it do terrible. And then you and your friend just bark and meow at each other. (laughs) (laughs) And it's over a million likes. Oh, man. (laughs) I had a couple good TikToks recently. You Um, did, yeah. Eddie's been helping me out with that a lot. And so the cool ones with the contact juggling ball, the Fushigi one, uh, that mm-hmm. did really well. And the one before it with Michael Motion, um, Eddie edited those. And so he was able to work in some he was able to work in some different footage that made him extra cool. And then on my way up to Nashville, I did the golfing across the highway to the McDonald's sign, which a lot yeah. of people thought was kind of like, oh, that should have been illegal. That was super dangerous. It was not at all dangerous. First of all, it was really early in the morning on a Sunday when I got there. And so there was very little traffic. I sort of edited the video to make it look like there was more traffic, um, just for whatever, like for fun. <laughs> to play up the danger. <laughs> to play up the danger, <laughs> yes. And you're hitting the birdie ball, which only goes about 50 yards. So I knew there was no way it was going to go like into the McDonald's. No way it could go long. If anything, it would just not make it over the street. But it made it over the street, and then I made the shot, and I got a birdie. So, or as somebody put, a McBirdie. 
I like that. It's uh, <laughs> a Nick Birdie. Yeah. Oh, I wish I'd have thought of that with, with the that's caption. Good. Yeah, so many people were like, ah, oh, you hit a golf ball, and they were all angry. And like, there's only 50 people saying, it's a birdie ball. It's not a golf ball. It's not a golf ball. It's not a golf ball. But. Yeah, I appreciate you jumping in there, babe. Coming mm-hmm. to my defense. <laughs> yeah, just for the record, it's not a golf ball, okay? No. And I don't it's get paid ball. by birdie ball, by the way. My birdie ball videos are completely, you know, just out of the love that I have for the sport and for that cool little product that's served my life for probably, what, 15 years at least? Yeah. In your YouTube video that you did, um, just because you love the birdie balls, Maggie, you hear Maggie's little voice. Yes. Um, she was really young. It's so cute. It's like, downhill. And then what happened was John Breaker, who's the inventor of birdie ball, he and I... He like he saw me post that and he's like, This is exactly what I'm I envision people doing with birdie balls. And so we started talking and he sent me like five hundred birdie balls with my logo on them. And he's done that a couple times. Yeah, a couple times. So that's the only thing I get out of the deal is I've never paid for a birdie that's ball so awesome. in my life. <laughs> lifetime, lifetime supply of birdie balls. That's pretty sweet. It yeah. is. It's the little things in life that make it all worthwhile. <laughs> yeah, and, and Spencer thinks they're dog toys. So every now and then, if we leave one down where he can get to it, he'll like swipe it. And he, I caught him the other day and he was sneaking away with one. I was like, what does he <laughs> wow. have? He's acting really weird and sneaky. And it was a birdie ball. Well, he can have a couple. I have a lot. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I miss our dog so bad. I'll bet. Can you bring him to L.A.? No. no. Why? Because I'm I'm first going to Mexico. So I last minute booked a speech in Cabo. Um, so I'm flying to Mexico to do this speech. Oh my gosh. And I'm, the speech itself is for a brokerage, like a real estate company. And it's in a $13 million private house on the beach, like this wow. mansion. That's one of their properties that they're trying to sell. So that's where they're having the awards dinner. And last minute, she was like, Dan, could you come in and do a speech for our awards dinner? Like, yes, absolutely. So that's what I'm doing. And then the next day, I'll meet you in Los Angeles and the family. Yay. Oh, my gosh. We're going to have so much fun, guys. So many of my friends want to meet y'all that I think we're just going to, like, have multiple brunches. Or it's like, maybe we'll have multiple brunches in a day. I don't know. You guys might be pretty booked. Um, But I'm very, very excited. Or a big party. Can we just have a big party? No, because I live in a studio. <laughs> we could go to the beach and just put up a tent and have a, a beach party. We can do a meet and greet, <laughs> but just for my friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Maggie, this um, we got a, something from our website. You know, obviously on the website, wholesomechaos.com, you could submit your questions. And this was a question that came in a while ago from a girl named Steph. And Steph wrote again with a little little bit of an update. So can I read this to you? Yeah. She said, hey, I don't know if you remember, but I wrote in last year about being stuck in lockdown in Australia and losing myself. You recommended I start a hobby, something to look forward to. No, I didn't start off juggling. However, I started photography, something I always loved, but never made time for until then. It's still just a hobby, but something I enjoy getting out and about and exploring new places to photograph. So no question, but just a thank you. So how about that? That's so cool. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that makes me so happy. Absolutely. And uh, just want to encourage you even more, Steph, to continue to experiment, have fun with it, play, and create that time and space around you know that hobby for you to learn and continue to collaborate, maybe meet some other photographers, explore some other types of photography. 
It's an endless journey of learning. Yeah, absolutely. You got into that a little bit too, right? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, there was a guy at my school who had a photography account on Instagram that said like shots by and then his name. And I remember this was probably when I was like in eighth grade, but eighth grade was like the start of our high school. So I was like still around those people. Um, And when he did that, he was a little trendsetter. So many other people started like shots by and then their name. Um, And then he started an account that said shots by you. And it was where people could send in their own photos to be posted, like reposted. And I did that once. And it's actually a pretty good picture. I can see if I can find it and send it to mom to put in uh, the YouTube version of this. But it it was of Spencer. Um, And also I did like little photo shoots with my friends, you know, Um, wanted to be really cool and artsy and edgy. But just looking back at it, I'm like, oh, wow, that's not uh, what um, <laughs> like, I, I know you guys know what I'm talking about right now to my parents. And some of those photo shoots were so bad. Um, but th- it's all part of the learning process. And we'll I put some of those shots in the uh, in the podcast as well. I don't even know if I can <laughs> I can stomach that. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. I thought, you know what? I, I didn't think they were bad. Yeah, they were good. I but thought the they were funny very ones were when you were really young. They weren't supposed to be funny though, Mom. They were supposed to be like edgy and oh. intense. Oh. And instead they were, it's like they were brilliant. 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 They were very free and experimental and yeah. I, I mean, I really felt like they were true. They were honestly representing what you were trying to accomplish and create. And there, there was nothing wow. wrong about it. It was all just no, part no, no, of no. learning. And it was part of an experience and growing up and learning an expression, having an outlet for that expression, which was. And you never know where really, it's really going to cool. take you. Yeah, like, for sure. Like and Claire, recently, your cousin yeah, yeah, is yeah. a professional photographer. Incredible. Mm-hmm. And recently, I just, as you guys know, I got a point and shoot film camera. And now I've been kind of like experimenting a little more with that. And I've been trying to get more comfortable with having my picture taken and everything like that. So photography is a big part of life. And if, if you find enjoyment in that and, like, as an outlet, I think that's incredible. And definitely go for that. I have a question for you. So you, when you think about the hobbies that you've played around with a little bit for TikTok, you know, skateboarding, diving, yeah. roller skating, mm-hmm. cooking, um, <laughs> you know, different challenges like that. Which of those, if any, are you genuinely interested and willing, like, to pursue and really learn and become great at or you just kind of like enjoy the experimentation phase you know I really enjoy all of them it's hard at least what I noticed with skateboarding because so many people were like why do you stop skating why do you stop skating people expect you to improve on their timeline like okay she did an ollie today I want to see a kickflip tomorrow (laughs) She did, like, this, whatever, and it was, I wasn't improving as quickly as people wanted to see new tricks, and it felt more stressful than enjoyable at that point. Like, I really, really did enjoy it in the beginning, Um, but people can be quite brutal, particularly in skateboarding. I'm very, very judgmental about that, and so I just found that, like, I didn't feel... 
it didn't feel like a safe space emotionally to continue to learn on the internet. So I decided to stop learning like on the internet for a bit. Um, and then I just like didn't pick up my skateboard as much. And like I'll still pick it up occasionally, but it's more of a time thing. Diving. I'm actually, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm excited to practice diving again once it gets hot out. Um, because I'm not getting in that pool right now. <laughs> but diving is interesting because that was one of the things, like when I first started, it was an accident, you know? <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't intend to be that something that I was learning, but everyone told me I was bad at diving. So I was like, okay, let's try and get better. Um, <laughs> and now like the USA official diving team follows me on TikTok. And I'm like, what the heck? How did we get here? <laughs> um, but... <laughs> But I used to think like, oh my gosh, even if I got a normal dive, I could never do like any other different sort of dive. And then I like got an inward dive. And now my brain's kind of like, okay, what's the limit? Because I didn't even think I could do that. So like, what else could I maybe do? Um, I, I so was diving in, is I, definitely... I, I remember I was out of town when I saw you post that TikTok where you were doing the one and a halfs yeah. off, of that, off of that board, which is not a good board. Like you were really fighting to try to get around and you just consecutively crashed face first. Yeah into the water and it was hilarious but part of yeah. me as a dad was like oh my gosh my girl is hurting herself right, right now for the video <laughs> so bad <laughs> i don't know but here's the thing it doesn't feel like a crazy crazy i'm so good at pushing myself that it doesn't feel like a crazy long time until i'm editing the footage and it's like 45 <laughs> minutes of me just falling face first into the water um but I was hurt after that. Like I, Oof. my stomach was like red from just hitting the water. My head did not feel good. <laughs> and I still didn't get it. I still got to work on that one. <laughs> yeah, you ought, you, you ought to pin that one to bring it back up to the front of your TikTok feed. That's pretty oh crazy. Gosh. I didn't know that you were like so into diving. Yeah. <laughs> I like... I, I'm kind of surprised because I never learned how to dive and always hated it and stressed me out. And even like, well, like I'm an Eagle Scout and in order to get an Eagle Scout, you have to get a merit badge, or like a swimming merit badge where you have to dive. And I never yeah. got it. But I mean, like they just gave it to me because I did so many belly flops. I did it like seven or eight times and they were just cracking up and they're like, all right, it's okay. It's okay. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I never do. Yeah. <laughs> no, Eddie, I did I did swim team um, for a oh, year in a little bit in high school, and we had to, like, dive into the water, but it was, like, off a little podium, so it wasn't that intense. Um, but, no, I, I never, like, learned how to dive either. Thus, when I posted hmm. a video, what was it, last summer, um, where I just dived in it for fun, and then there was thousands of people saying, you call that a dive? That's a terrible dive. Why did her legs bend like that? Um, then it gave me a little motivation to learn how to dive. And then Mo Molly Carlson encouraged you, and yeah. I, I tried it with you. And yeah, it was a cool little story. And let's pick that up again this summer and see if we can you know, advance it just a little bit further. Yeah. I'm rooting for you, for the both of us. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, and we're going to get Eddie that merit badge as well. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to re-earn it, or you guys are going to re-earn it. The thing is, though, you're, you're, all, you're both great at swimming. Like, you've always been very natural swimmers. Thank you. Yeah. Did, you put us, did you put us in, like, baby swimming classes as kids? No, we just you threw you in the pool. And well, Eddie was in <laughs> Swim Swim. 
which basically it. is you hold your baby and you go like this and you sing a little song and you go in a something about a truck in there something. not the wheels on the bus but it's some little and the baby's supposed to the blow bubbles the in the water and then you dunk them in the water and then you bring them back out and then you blow so in their you, face and you blow in their face yeah. so they catch their breath you dunk your baby in the water and then you pick <laughs> them up and then you blow in their face which startles them and then they breathe and then you no, dunk no, them no, again no 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 it's the opposite no it's the opposite you blow in their face so they go <gasps> and then you oh. dunk them oh okay and then you pop them back out i knew i was doing something wrong i totally forgot about that dad did it <laughs> in not the recommend wrong order. this no, You're not I, responsible for your baby. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would dunk my baby sense. and blow in his face underwater <laughs> and then pick him up and then shake him gently. Shake, <laughs> shake, the wa- shake him dry. Oh, my goodness. I loved it, though. You really? We'd just go, you would go swim, swim, and he'd be like, swim, swim. I, what I remember is the noodle that you guys would put in front of us and then say, swim yeah. to it, oh, yeah. and then move it. And I was like, what is happening? It was always just that like was this, this close. I didn't do that. Because I felt like, okay, a little bit, but he would just keep doing it and keep going Only at a certain point, though. Now, you got to understand, there was a long process. Like, arms on the noodle. The thing we never did was the inflatable army things. Yeah. Because, Bad. you know, the inflatable yeah. arms... To me, that's more dangerous because if your kid falls in the pool and they don't have those on, if they've never been in a pool without those on, they might even not even realize they can swim. Well, so, but also the the idea that that's going to help keep them up, it doesn't. Your baby can tip right over and drown while their arms are floating. Yeah. It's not. It's super dangerous, and they do not recommend those like any legitimate swimming instruction. Yeah. So, but with the, you know, you put the pool noodle under your arms, but then I'd put it in front of you and let you swim to it and let you swim to it and gradually make it farther. And then eventually, yes, when you were getting to it, I would just inch it away <laughs> a little bit more, you know, not indefinitely, but just to, just to show you, yes, you can keep going. And you eventually to, you don't need the noodle anymore. You had it to pretend to start drowning a little bit to finally get the noodle. <laughs> Yeah, well, you had to play it up a bit. <laughs> so when you traveled as much as I did, right, you got windows of time with your kids where you really can make an impact and make an impression or teach them something. And so I always felt like I had to get the most out of those little lessons, um, which honestly, I've been thinking about this a lot lately in terms of what it was like growing up. The whole COVID experience of being home so much has really made me like brutally aware of how much I missed um, of your kids growing up, and what and just how how high that cost was, how big that price was for me to pay. Um, and I don't know that you think about it. I think it's a bigger, harder thing for the parent who has to leave than for the kids who are there without the parent, um, because you go on about your life and mom's there for you all the time. But there's a lot of challenges for that as a, as a father when you come home because, um, you know, Eddie, when we were at Broncar's house the other day with his kids, yeah. and just seeing how present he is with them every moment. All the, yeah, all constantly. The time. Yeah. And, and with that kind of consistency in a kid's life, you really get to shape them in a, in a much different way. Yeah, but I don't think you were really gone that much because you – 
if you think about the parent who has to get up early and go fight traffic, and so they leave before their kid leaves, um, or, or maybe even up, and then they get home, and, and especially when the kids are little, they might get home, have 30 minutes with the kid, the kid goes to sleep. So, but in, in our case, you might have been gone one or two nights a week when they were really young. And when you were home, you were there. You were, you know, 24-7, yeah. really involved. They'd go to, to preschool for maybe three hours, two or three days a week, but you were there, I think, a lot more than most nine to five parents for sure that that is kind of crazy that in a way it sort of does even out. maybe you, you ended up seeing us because yeah you were totally there like whenever you weren't gone you were there yeah, you were, you were involved and we were doing stuff you know like yeah we do stuff before school at 5 15 a.m like all, all this stuff um so maybe like you even saw us more than someone who does work a nine to five job would or or you know yep. any other like a you know people who work late shifts like work, work night shifts so that they're gone before their kids home from school and then they don't get home until like i don't know four five a.m yeah and we're blessed to have a two-parent household a loving you know mom and dad who both support you incredibly and so when i left i, I knew mom was in charge and she was doing things but the other tricky part is the consistency if you're gone for three or four days and you come back it's like it's hard to pick up where you left off or to yeah. show up with with any sense of authority and i know that sounds weird but it's like if i come home and say these are the rules of the house well if you know not that i had big rules in the house but just yeah. you know the, the guiding and shaping the events of our household that was really that fell more to your mom because she was the one who was there all the time yeah and so you become this little like you know a regular featured character in your kid's life, but not the, not the central authority, I guess. It's, it's a weird thing, but like, you know, one of the principles of chaos theory that I'm reading a lot about and physics generally, you probably studied this, is just irreversibility. Like you, you can't go back, period. And so when you're thinking about decision, decisions and choices and paths and, you know, all the kind of stuff that, like you and I have been talking about, Eddie, with regard to, you know, things you could have or should have done differently during COVID or whatever. It's like we could get stuck there, but we can only go forward. And I'm so grateful that we have maintained the closeness of this family and that mom was there all the way to guide us. And yeah, I wouldn't trade any of it. But what I'm saying is I realize now, I didn't realize that, you know, it's kind of like in Breaking Bad, Eddie, you know, at the end of Breaking Bad where Walter White goes... Well, Breaking Bad spoilers, in case you haven't watched it. For, in which case, go watch it. Yeah, go, wa you, go watch it. It's good. <laughs> but, um, you know, all along he's going, I'm doing this for the family. I'm doing this for the family. Yeah. And then at the end, he's like. It was all for me. It was all for me. <laughs> yeah. And, and I feel that way a little bit about traveling because it was like, mm. I loved the idea of being the conquering hero, coming home from an adventure as mm. the, you know as the hero with the paycheck doing it for the family yeah. doing it for the family well yeah but, but my gig is like i get to go and hear people clap for me and <laughs> you know go to interesting cool hotels and amazing places it's yeah we didn't yeah. applaud nearly as much at home as you got on the road so <laughs> <laughs> i know it is kind of funny how like all i think um like i think we could all kind of relate when we're around nsa and stuff and everyone's like gassing up dad they're like man he's the greatest speaker ever and all this stuff and it's like 
man, you like, you've got a big fan base. Don't yeah. don't gas them up too hard now. <laughs> but yeah. I, I don't let it go to my head though. I try not to. I remember that's the, good. The year of NSA um, when you were president. Um, <laughs> the National my, Speakers Association. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, the National Spy <laughs> Association. Um, <laughs> no, uh, some of my friends uh, started calling me like the princess of NSA because like my dad was like the ruler or whatever. <laughs> president, no. not a ruler. <laughs> uh, but I was like, man. Just kind of like the lead volunteer. No, and we had like, we had an, a little ongoing joke where like somebody would like, cut in front of me or something or one of my friends would like take something of mine and then just another person would be like excuse me do you know who her dad is do you know whose whose daughter this is um that's dan thurman's daughter yeah <laughs> and and now they flip it they're like that's no dad. no they don't oh my gosh dad people still make jokes about you all the time to me where they're like oh yeah yeah you're cool but your dad's cooler <laughs> uh, same yeah uh, ever always <laughs> No, we're just messing with you, Dad. But it's true. You you have a lot of people who love you, and that's great. You're you're a very lovable person. I guess I realize, you know, what you just said there, Eddie, about the whole notion of it's hard when I'm recognized in that way, or like I have the mm. skills that I have, and and your tendency was always to try to cut your own trail and like not live in my shadow, but to do something different, yeah. like like that. Did you, was there anything that I was trying to like teach you or guide you that you were deliberately like, no, I'm not going to do that because that's like your thing, not, not my thing. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to really think about this. Um, well, I, but I do think just in general, it is little things too. Like, um, I don't know, like feeling like I'm pretty productive at night or, I don't know. I just think, yeah, I don't know. Our brains work differently. So like, you know, naturally for you, the concept of like, oh, if we, if I could go do anything, it would be going outside and like having fun, like playing sports. And for me, it's like, I'd want to, you know, go play video games and like, you know, explore some world that I've never seen before. Um, so I think we just have different, I don't know. We're just different. Yeah, we have we have differences, like everybody. Fair, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you guys both play guitar, so you have that um, interest. That is true. Um, you used to both play in the praise band, so there there's yeah, definitely we... interest that you guys share. But when when Eddie was little and Maggie was little, and you said they they had to learn to juggle a certain number to get something or whatever, and it was just really oh, you doing a challenge. No, but but it think... made them say, oh, "I'm never going to juggle again." And of course, now they love juggling. But yeah, I think that was the right <laughs> thing to do, even though it didn't feel like it at the time. I don't know if we ever said. I, I don't know if Maggie had to juggle for anything, but I really wanted a really, I wanted an airsoft gun and it was typical, like you'll shoot your eye out. Like all, you know, this, these are weapons. They're, they're not yeah. like as lethal, but they, they're still very dangerous. Um, so I wrote a whole rule sheet of um, what I would do, how I'd handle it. Like the, you know, just the stuff like it that. It was a very um, good presentation. Yeah. Like he tried to close me on like how he was going to be a responsible you know. airsoft gun owner. And by the way, he wanted to buy it with his own money. He was even right. he wasn't even <laughs> trying to convince me to buy it for him. He was just trying to let me let him buy like it. Sign off on. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah, yeah, so I like had this whole presentation about gun airsoft gun safety and all this stuff, and he was basically made the decision of if I can with three balls throw and do a make a hundred catches, mm-hmm. then that was th- then I could buy it. Then he could spend his own money on a gun. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> and he did it. He did it. And now, and once you know, you know for life. That's all. Yeah. I remember making a PowerPoint presentation on why I should be allowed to be homeschooled um, when I was having a hard time at school. And I remember really appealing to, like, your heartstrings, Dad, where I was like, don't you hate that you can never, like, you don't see your kids as much as you want to? Well, imagine if you could just take me with you. Like, imagine if, if I could just travel with you all the time. And I think I had y'all a little bit. Just not enough. Oh, I was sold on that plan. And, oh, yeah, and for he me was. Too. He was sold on it because I'd be the one homeschooling <laughs> while he's traveling around getting applause. No, Maggie and I would said, be with no, me. No, no, no. She would be. Yeah, not yeah, all Maggie the time. would have I'd no education. <laughs> yeah, or social skills. You would have great writing skills. You'd learn how to make write a screenplay. You'd learn grammar. I'd probably you'd be able to juggle like four that. balls by now. <laughs> you wouldn't. You wouldn't know how to do math or science but I, it was the same thing for me like where i i don't think i ever made a presentation but i around the same time like we both almost became homeschooled because yeah. of just life well what you realize is just how hard school is as yeah. parents you know the the, mm. the number of hours that you just gotta resolve to being at a desk and in a classroom and i mean some of the teachers are, are great and you really do get a lot of incredible learning out of that experience but at what cost is like it seems like it's just way too taxing and time consuming there's a lot of better ways to do education and i love like the experimental systems of education where people are involved in group learning or different ages learning together or teaching each other and and just more like community driven systems for how do people just develop and grow i think there's way better ways to do that than in the like traditional classroom um, and that was what I think we were all kind of trying to figure out is like, what's a better way to do this? And how could we take advantage of the travel opportunities as a family? Yeah. Yeah. I, I spent a ton of time uh, researching it and trying to figure it out. There's so much more information and lesson plans and videos and online, yeah. but we didn't have that back then, you know, when, especially when you guys were really little and I was considering it. K-12. Um, I remember looking at yes. K-12. Um, but no, I think I learned. I learned to thrive in the traditional school environment, um, especially. Oh, I think it was so funny. I think it was my either junior or senior year of high school. They added these things in our schedule called power breaks, where mm-hmm. like after second period, we'd just have a, like fourteen. It was always weird times, like eleven or fourteen <laughs> minute break, where they're like, just go grab a snack, chat with your friends yeah. for a few minutes, um, and we had like That's two nice. of those a day. And at first, yeah. we were like. This is so dumb. Just let us go home 30 minutes early. Like, we don't want to be here. And then, like, a year into it, I literally remember talking to my friends and being like, how did we ever get through a day without a power break? (laughs) Like, like, I needed this. I needed this so bad. Kids were playing, like, spike ball in the halls. It was was really fun. With with our, like, two-hour classes at Berkeley, we would they always would give us a 10 minute break. And so sometimes they just forget about the break or things like that. And then they're like, well, we could end early, but I'd prefer the break. 
and then ending 10 minutes early. I'd rather have that break just to just to talk to people and get, you know, stretch stretch your legs. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. In fact, why don't we take a break right now? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that break is called the end of the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs> um, this has been a great conversation, though, and I'm so proud of you guys. And reliving these memories has been very, very good for my heart. Good. I'm getting nostalgic and uh, sappy as I get older. I've always been sappy, though. <laughs> yeah. I could You've always, always cry been a crier. A, <laughs> I could always cry at a Disney movie. Yeah. Oh, intermission man. of Wicked. <laughs> the Intermission of Wicked tore me up. It did. Not because it was sad, just because it was so amazingly beautiful. It's so in your and face. powerful. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. It was great. I love that. I love, love celebrating beauty. We'll talk about that whole experience of seeing Wicked in a later podcast, because that was a cool trip. That was a cool trip. Yeah. Also connected to another speech. Mm, yep. So we did our fair share. But that is our time for this podcast. So thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe and tell your friends. You can follow up with us on our other socials. I'm Maggie Thurman on everything. Dan Thurman or Maggie's dad, one, two, three on TikTok. Eddie Thurman. The Eddie Thurman on Instagram, Eddie Thurman on Twitch. <laughs> and mom is just an award-winning screenwriter with no <laughs> social media. Well, you did you tagged her on Instagram, right? Yeah, she did post on Instagram the other day. Yeah. yeah. Neither one of us really post on Instagram too much. Dad, you post on Instagram every week. It's just your weekly video. <laughs> I post on his Instagram every week. <laughs> yeah, mom posts for dad on Instagram every week. But, um, yes, true. thank you guys so much for listening. Hey, leave us your questions at wholesomechaos.com. Tell us how you enjoy the podcast, what's going on in your life. If you've got some questions that are really troubling you about um, decisions to make or things that you're dealing with, or you just want to grow your family in a new and different way, we would love to maybe look at those uh, questions with you and offer some insights that could be beneficial. And the thing is, if it's important to you, there's a really good chance it's also important to a lot of other people in this audience. And so that's why going to wholesomechaos.com and Asking those questions is really good for all of us. Yeah. So I guess that's it for this week. I sure love you, Maggie. I love you, Dad. I love you, Eddie. Love you, too. Love you, honey. Love you, too. We all love you. And, Mags, we're going to see you before you know it. Ah, so excited. All right. Love you guys. Have a great Bye. week. <laughs> Bye. 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 Dads. Wholesome chaos. Mags and Dads. Wholesome Guys, I just got a text from Josh, and it just says, bro, why does that video have a million likes? Oh, <laughs> nice. Oh, wait, I got another. I got another from my friend Frankie. He said, TikTok pressed a special button for this one. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.